Well, a Brexit deal might be very close, and the same with the fiscal stimulus in the United States. That's got the markets a little enthused today, but maybe not quite so much joy in the UK. The job numbers overnight were pretty grim, and there's a real chance families mixing at Christmas might be cancelled. Oh, and acknowledgement from the Republicans that Joe Biden is the president-elect, but Donald Trump is still tweeting to the contrary. It's the morning call from NAB for Wednesday, the 16th of December, 2020. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down 0.3% on the DXY with rises in the pound. It's up 0.8%. The euro is nudging only slightly forward. The Aussie dollar is up 0.4%. The Canadian dollar up half a percent. In stocks, all three indices in the United States are up over 1% for the Dow and the S&P 500, 0.8% for the NASDAQ. The euro stocks 50 is up half a percent as well. The DAX up 1%. The FTSE 100, though, down 0.3%. And 10-year Treasury yields up two basis points. In the UK, gilts are up an Another four basis points. The yields there about 0.26% now from 0.16% at the end of last week. Although, to be fair, it is taking us back to where we were uh, a week ago. Uh, and maybe we'll see sterling bouncing back even more than it has already. NAB's Rodrigo Cotrill is here today, senior FX strategist at NAB in Sydney. Uh, Nicholas Watt is a uh, BBC correspondent. He tweeted not long ago that the buzz is that a Brexit deal is within reach. And Eurosceptics will be happy, he said. The pound has been climbing a lot. Uh, a, a lot of it actually has been on this news in the, in the last few hours. But I'm seeing from other places as well. So maybe we are close to something on Brexit. Morning, Phil. Yes, uh, we've definitely seen uh, a, a big move on uh, on the pound based on on, on that tweet that, that you mentioned. And, and this follow up follows up what, what Barnier was saying yesterday, that there's a lot of momentum in terms of the Brexit negotiations and, and the, the UK has uh, shown signs of compromise, not only in fishery, but in also other contentious issues. So um, at this current pace, uh, what Barnier said yesterday looks to be viable, that, that a deal could, could be uh, announced uh, before the end mm. of the week. So certainly positive. But um, again, you also got to be cautious that, um, you know, there still could be some something that uh, triggers a, a shutdown in the negotiations. Um, and technically, you know, politicians still have time to, to argue until the end of the month. Yeah. So um, we've got to be cautious, but certainly positive, positive news. Well, indeed. Thursday is going to be an interesting day because that's when Jacob Rees-Mogg is going to make an announcement as to whether Parliament, the UK Parliament, is going to meet next week or not. So presumably, if they're not going to meet, then they're not expecting that they're going to be uh, negotiating or sorting something out. So uh, that's a sign to look out for as well. But that is good news, I guess, for the UK. The other, the bad news is that they've uh, they may well actually be going into a lockdown. They were going to ease restrictions over the over the Christmas period for five days, so uh, families could get together. There's a chance now uh, they'll know tomorrow whether that's going to happen or not. They uh, they may not be able to do that unless they meet outside in the cold and pouring rain. Uh, so you know you're not uh, with the wind. You're not going to get COVID cases. You're just going to get pneumonia cases. But look on that, New York uh, also likely to go into a shutdown straight after Christmas as well. More than three hundred thousand deaths now in the United States. It's, it's it's. I mean, we say this every day. It's it's not letting up. Maybe we don't need to comment too much on it, apart from the fact it's not getting any better. Uh, but let's look at uh, the uh, the positive news out of the United States that uh, Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker is intending to get into a huddle, not sure that's socially distancing, uh, with Mitch McConnell and others to try and nut out the detail of the COVID relief bill and the government funding. 
uh, after the the plan, the nine hundred and six billion dollar plan was released yesterday. This is this is surely going to happen, isn't it? This week. Um, yes. Yeah, so so that's been the other positive news. In in addition to to the vaccine news, now we have uh, you know the rumor mill, if you like, uh, confirming that uh, Pelosi and uh, McConnell are to meet uh, today. Uh, and in fact, I think they're about to meet. There was four o'clock uh, New York time, mm. um, and then. Um, uh, and there's a lot of positivity, particularly from from the Republican side, that they they will be supporting what it is now a 748 billion bipartisan proposal. Um, so we got to remember that they're taking out this idea of the the aid to the um, to the states, and that that will be dealt with uh, dealt with in in a separate bill. Um, so it, it seems that the major contentious issues have been put aside, and, and that now um, you know it's basically a little bit of details in terms of what the bill contains, but. Certainly, uh, it's been one of the big factors for the improvement in risk appetite and, and the, the gains in the equity market in the U.S. in particular. So um, we have to wait and see, but it's certainly the, the, the smoke signals are very positive at the moment. So the U.K. labor force numbers, just nipping back over there for a second, they were pretty grim reading, weren't they, uh, today? Uh, as the furloughed workers become redundancies, three months to October, 1.7 million people uh, unemployed, 370,000 people made redundant over those three months, which is the highest ever. Uh, the unemployment reading is now uh, 5% in October. Job vacancies 31% lower than they were a year ago. Total hours worked 9% down on a, on a year ago. Not much good news in there, is there? No, no. And unfortunately, to some extent, and, and this is a theme that you can apply to other parts in Europe and also to, to the US, is that uh, as much as we have all this positive news of stimulus and vaccine, um, the reality is that the Today, today activity in the economy is slowing down. Momentum is slowing down. And of course, the, the COVID-19 infections mm. are the big cause for that. And at this stage, looking at the level of contagion, um, you know, it's, it's, it seems fair to suggest things are going to get worse before they get better. So in terms of what we've seen in the labor market yeah. in the UK and what we've seen already in the labor market in the US, we should expect further weakness. Uh, before eventually we start seeing a pickup in activity and an improvement in labour market outlook. Yeah, well, I mean, even if you're vaccinated, uh, you're not going to go out shopping if you haven't got a job, are you? Uh, and, uh, and and that's really the focus for the RBA as well in the uh, in in their minutes yesterday. Uh, unemployment, obviously, not quite so tragic in Australia, uh, but they highlighted in their minutes yesterday that uh, you know that was going to be a, a, a priority. But look, you know, a, a fresh two and a half year high for the Aussie dollar yesterday, almost seventy five point eight US cents at one stage. Yes, uh, so the Aussie dollar remains very well supported. Um, you know, to some extent, the, the Chinese data yesterday again confirming that uh, the recovery in China not only is 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 gaining momentum, uh, but it's also broadening. Where we're seeing retail sales also improving, uh, suggesting that now this recovery that has been led by the industrial side now is also starting to meet good support from the consumer side. So, so that's good news for China. And, and despite the fact that we're seeing some sort mm. of restrictions in, in terms of cold and so on, uh, the reality is that the, the main exports, which of course I know is the, is the key player there, is still very much supported by the demand from, from China. So it's still very good news and, and it's something that has been reflected in, in the Aussie dollar as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard for them to buy from Brazil, of course, isn't it? Because they are... Uh, struck heavily by COVID as well. So that's uh, that's hitting their production. So it's not leaving, leaving a great deal of choice. So I guess that's why. I mean, because you look at this, you know, you look at the rhetoric between Australia and China, you'd be thinking, well, why aren't we seeing any market reaction to that? And I, I guess it is, as you say, it's not hitting iron ore. That's why. It's not hitting the, the main uh, the main exports. So when you think of volumes and, and how much we mm. sell to 
to um, to China, you know, all the restrictions that have been imposed on uh, on barley, cotton, and so on, they represent a very small portion of, of what the trade relationship is. Um, and when it comes to coal, as much as coal prices, excluding Australian prices, have risen significantly because of, of that shortage that it means for, for Chinese demand, um, uh, our commodity strategies uh, suggest that there's, there's this room for Australian coal to be sold into other parts of the world and, and we're starting to see signs of that adjustment. Uh, it will take time. Um, and of course, for coal miners, it's not very good news at the moment. Mm. Uh, but there's certainly the, the option, the opportunity for, for redistributing that coal demand uh, in other parts in the world. And those China numbers that you mentioned were strong, weren't they? They were pretty much as expected for industrial production, retail sales, fixed asset investment uh, all up. In fact, you know, fixed asset investment year on year up 2.6%. So, I mean, that is, so, you know, that's growth and some. I mean, that's more than a V, isn't it? So they are looking very strong. US equities also, we mentioned in the beginning, doing very well, even the NASDAQ, but the NASDAQ not doing as well as others. Uh, I wonder if the, the moves by the EU Parliament today to uh, impose hefty fines on tech companies that engage in anti-competitive behaviour, and we know who they are, uh, I wonder whether that's subdued the NASDAQ <laughs> a, a little bit, or whether that's just a, a bit of restructuring of, of demand in shares because, you know, if, if we're not going to be at home, then we need tech stocks less. But not a big reaction to that uh, to that move by the EU Parliament. No, at the moment, this, uh, there's a general sense that um, this is a big bill in, in, in the EU Parliament. And, and, you know, if you look at history, it will take a long time to, you know, to become a law. Uh, so people think that it might potentially even take up to two mm. years. So, and, and, and over the course of, of those two years, the potential is that many of this big, big sort of, uh, proposals uh, will be diluted along the way so at the moment it appears not to have to be having a big a big effect on on big tech but it's certainly something it's a theme for 2021 not only in europe but in the us to to keep an eye on to see how much of a restriction will be imposed on 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 these big uh, monopoly companies right by the way uh mitch mcconnell today congratulated joe biden as the president-elect yeah even though uh, President Trump is still <laughs> tweeting on about voter fraud, just to, I mean, like in the last couple of hours, getting tremendous evidence pouring in on voter fraud. There's never been anything like this in our country, believe me. Uh, but uh, even uh, Mitch McConnell now and the Republicans have uh, accepted the fact that uh, there is going to be a new president. Um, so uh, what else today? Lots of PMIs today. Uh, but, you know, with I wonder how important they are. There's so much flux right now. Are they meaningful? I mean, we know they're going to be weaker than uh, last month in Europe and the United States because there's been more lockdowns and more restrictions. So what are these numbers really going to tell us? Well, I suppose it's about magnitude. Uh, we, we know that there's a slowdown. Um, um, and, and the question is, how big of a slowdown is, is likely to be? Uh, and, and yet again, in terms of sort of being at the at the beginning of the slowdown, which is the other important factor. So many expect that things will, will get a little bit more, more difficult in December and potentially even in January in terms of restrictions. So this is just the early signs of what to expect over the coming months. So I think it will be important because at the moment, uh, markets are still sort of looking at the bright news over the medium term um, and still kind of overlooking the, the negative use over, over the short term. But it may well be that we see a bit of a switch in, in terms of those dynamics, particularly um, given that uh, it, it is likely that the, the slowdown in activity could be bigger than what's currently expected. Now, lots of other numbers as well today. Uh, a busy day for data. We get uh, UK inflation and Canadian inflation as well. We get US retail sales. We get the housing index for the United States. The New Zealand uh, half-year economic and fiscal update. 
Plus, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, just before tomorrow morning's po- uh, podcast, the FRMC meeting, uh, there's uh, mixed opinions, aren't there, about what they're going to do. Are they going to change their forward guidance on asset purchases, or are they going to uh, change lengthen the maturity of their bond purchases, or, or are they going to do nothing at all? What's, what's going to happen? <laughs> Well, that's a great question. I think, I think the, uh, the, the first point to make about that is that it appears the market is sort of, um, kind of comfortable with the idea that there won't be a change in terms of the lengthening of duration, um, based on, on, on service that have been reported in, in, in recent days. Um, but in terms of the, the changing guidance, uh, there is some, some majority feel that there, there will be a change in terms of the wording around the guidance, um, to, to qualify, um, or to link it onto, uh, more qualitative outcomes in terms of how the economy is going. So, you know, something like, you know, if we finally see an employment reach a certain level, then we will look to to ease up and, uh, our quantitative easing um, a strategy or program. Um, early days for, for that. Um, but uh, mm. we have to say that when, when you think about where we were in November, uh, and how the economy was traveling in the U.S. and where U.S. Treasury yields were traveling. Um, so just to give you a sense, uh, 10-year Treasury yields were around 70 or 0.7, uh, and today they climb into 0.9. Um, now, from a sort of a commodity perspective, and given the fact that the economy is slowing down, uh, many could argue that there's a need for, for the Fed to do more. But of course, we have the fiscal stimulus news just uh, potentially being announced even tomorrow. So um, maybe maybe that that's what gives enough for for the Fed to 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 point that things are very uh, difficult for the economy, that they are concerned about it, and that they're ready to do more, uh, but they may not do anything and, and wait to see what happens with the fiscal stimulus first. Yeah, well, we will. We'll wait and see what happens in Washington and also what happens in London and Brussels is going to be an interesting 24 hours, isn't it? Great to talk as always, Rodrigo. Catch you again soon. Great. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And Rodrigo will be back with us on Monday morning. I'm counting the morning calls now till Christmas. Just four more to go. Uh, And one of those is tomorrow morning when I'll be back. I'm Phil Dobby for now. See you then.